We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Mac, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast coming at you on a Friday, a Friday morning that, well, I'm going to, let me ask my producer, Mr. Claudio, Andrew, we're, we're recording this, by the way, at 1140 at night on, on Thursday after the Knicks have just finished a basketball game which we're going to talk about in a minute. Um, is it a good Friday morning for folks waking up who watched the game last night? You added that caveat for folks that watched the game last night, and I'm assuming they've gone to bed and slept it off and woken up with a clearer head and less nerves and looked at the big picture, which means you wake up today and the Knicks are four and one. They have first place, first place. They are tied for the best record in their conference. And if, as you always say, the big picture, if you told me before the season that they would be four and one to start the year and they'd have wins against Chicago, Philly and Boston. And the one game they lost was just a game that nobody hit threes in the the second half, really the fourth quarter against Orlando. uh, And two pretty outstanding games from, from Cole Anthony and Terrence Ross. Exactly. Like I would have signed up for it immediately. However, I think in the moment right now, I'm still calming down from the fact it was 104.91, and I saw I saw the train coming. Okay, I saw this potentially being one of the momentum swinging games that we look back and say, "Damn, remember that hot start?" And then the Bulls game happened. Thankfully, RJ Barrett's defense made sure that didn't happen. Yeah, it's it, for sure. So uh, first, we should say uh, we got a great episode for you today, a conversation yes. that we recorded um, a couple hours ago before the game uh, with uh, Mason Ginsberg. Um, he is the host of uh, the In the Know podcast as a Pelicans podcast, and he obviously covers the Pelicans, um, part of the part of Blue Wire family here. And we talk about um, the Pelicans because the Knicks play the Pelicans on Saturday. Um, in a game that I, I think they will be favored in and they should win. And if they do win, they will go to five and one. Um, yeah, so, but, but let's talk about this game for, for a second. So if anybody wants like the full, the full, the full boat, 
Um, check out the the post game live stream either on YouTube or should be on your podcast feed right now. I guess I was just, you know, I was taken aback by how not necessarily how critical some folks were, but just that the criticism was pointed so 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 squarely at Julius Randle, and um, I think it is proof that um, in this town especially. And um, I know you have been watching New York sports for a very long time, Andrew Claudio, in this town, especially, um, you know, I don't know if you want to say like heavy is the head that wears the crown. Um, you get, you know, all the glory, but also like all the all the barbs and arrows. It's ahead. quote Harvey Dent, you either die hero or, or, or you live long enough to become the villain. There you go. And it's funny because Julius Randle has already been the villain. He was he was a villain for an entire year because he was the walking, spinning, turnovering <laughs> um, manifestation of the Knicks' failed summer of 2019. And then and then last year happened. And then I guess a naive part of me was like, "Oh, great, he." changed the fabric of the organization in 2020 and 21. Um, not him, obviously alone. It was, it was Leon Rose. It was Tom Thibodeau. It, it was the ecosystem that all of these parties together helped create um, several other players. I mean, it, it's, it was, a, it was a team effort in every sense of the word, but like none of that happens without Julius Randall. And I, and I thought that he had bought himself some, some, some currency, you know, um, with, with that, and we are we are five games into a season in which uh, the Knicks are, are four and one, in which Julius Randle is coming off a game in which he was one assist away from a triple double, um, which apparently goes down as a negative in some people's books because people were critical, thinking that he was trying hard to get uh, that triple double down the stretch. Which I I don't know that I saw that, but I didn't really either. Uh, as far as the hunting for a triple double, um, look, I've been very open and and on team what Julius did last year was special and it was especially with with what's happened in Brooklyn and my god of the mighty have fallen over there say that um I'm I'm not out on Julius at all I don't think anybody that was frustrated last night or specifically tonight in the chat as we're talking uh i will say and i felt it and i think a lot of knicks fans do feel we talk about the ptsd all the time he does have to prove that playoff randall is not a not a continuous thing that that not that 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 was an anomaly and here we are five games into the season i know you're a numbers guy yes he's averaging they haven't updated his stats with tonight's game, which no, they, they have. His- He's averaging 23 points, 12 rebounds, seven assists, uh, three less and a half less than 40, less than 40% from the field, less than 30% from three, less than his lowest effective field goal percentage since his second the, season. The shooting, the shooting is bad. The shooting yes. is not great right now. Yep. And the volume's up. He's shooting a career high in, in field goal attempts, career high in three point field goal attempts. Like he's shooting more and making less. Now a game like tonight, I was with you for most of it saying that his, his, his shot wasn't falling. So he was looking to get others involved. Like he was like yep. the reason they built that double digit lead was because of that. But you also said something else, which includes Julius. This team does not know how to close games. And no. all of last season until Derek Rose came back from COVID, their plan was all right, Julius do something. And all of these shots were falling. And it's why they're able to win these close games like tonight. Mm-hmm. 
down the stretch. While they also did lose a bunch of games like that because they had nobody else to go to. And it's where I'm going to give it like a 25 game sample size. I don't know that the blame should be focused on Randall and it should be more focused on the fact that Derrick Rose needs to be closing these games. Like it's a complete out of left field thing, probably for our conversation, but I'm less like, I don't want it because the other option is ISO Randall, which I'm not a fan of. And I think that's what everybody was frustrated tonight. It's not just that like tonight he only took a couple bad shots and then missed two free throws. I think overall we've now seen five straight games that their plan down the stretch is ISO Randall. And that gets away from the, the ball movement, creating open shots that we've seen work so successfully in the first five. So let me, let me just say this. I I just, before we started recording it, you, you literally watched me. I rewatched the last three minutes of game. So again, for anybody who may have missed it, the Knicks had a 13 point lead in this league in in this game with uh, about three minutes to go. Um, And then it dwindled down to nothing until shout out to RJ Barrett, a great defensive stop uh, on um, DeMar DeRozan on the last play of the game, air ball Knicks win. Um, Randall took, uh, I, I one shot uh, during very well. No, he actually took two shots. Yeah. So he took one shot with, uh, I think it was two twenty two to go. It was a turnaround 15, 16 footer, not a great shot. Um, but other than that, he kicked it out to Barrett for a nice looking three Barrett missed. It happens. Um, there was a play where he was spun and, and I actually rewatched it ball Alonzo uh, ball kind of poked it away. It happened to go right to RJ Barrett, RJ Barrett shot it, missed it. Um, that was not great either. And then there was the two big ones, which is um, he had an offensive rebound with 41 seconds to go that instead of pulling it back out, get 14 more seconds on the clock um, at the very worst, you're talking probably six point lead with 27 seconds to go. He tried to put it back in, missed the bunny. It happens. Mm-hmm. The two free throws at the end, kind of a big deal. <laughs> Again, <laughs> it happens. For me, for me, this is just me. My bigger takeaway is the Hawks created the blueprint for how to stop Julius Randle. And I've said, I said it at, at halftime and I, I said it after the game. You don't bring the hard double, you show multiple help defenders from multiple other spots, but you don't, they don't commit right away. They maybe wait to commit. And then you try to confuse Julius like, well, wait a minute, that guy's still close enough to the guy he's guarding so that that's maybe not the right kick out. And like the correct kick out is across the court. And, but, and then he, it's gives him additional things to process. And it's like, well, should I take this guy one-on-one? Cause technically I'm not being doubled right now, but at the same time, the double, like, this is what they're doing to him. And like, if you're a top five or a top 10 player in the league, can you, can you handle that? Yes. But as I just talked about on the post game, like there's not many of those guys. There's only five to 10 of them in the league at any given time. And Julius Randle, we all love him. He's maybe the 15th or the 20th or the 25th best player in the league. And there's no shame in that. And I think he's figuring out how to balance, you know, what he did for most of last year with what teams are doing to him now. And again, only player in the league averaging um, 20, 12, and 7. So, well, the shooting numbers are down. Can't critique him uh, too, too much. And the the last thing I just want to say, and then maybe we'll get to the the interview, is what I I appreciated about tonight was he did have several possessions. I I counted four, maybe it's one I'm forgetting about, where, again, the Bulls were guarding him and the way they were guarding him, and he made the pass 
across the court accurately. It was well-timed the whole thing to a three-point shooter. And I think Kemba got two threes that way. And I think Fournier got two threes that way. So like, that's what Julius Randle needs to do. That's the next level for him. And again, we're talking about a guy trying to reach the next level. He's already averaging seven assists on the season. So this is all to say that like, yes, we want him to be better. Of course we want him to be better. We always want players to be better. But it's is it possible that our expectations in light of what we've actually seen on the court, you know, are a bit outsized? That's that was all I want to say. Potentially. Um, I think all frustrations with Julius go Julius, though, just all go back to their biggest problem, which is they're they're horrific trying to close games right yeah. now. And like the one possession we didn't talk about after Julius missed that bunny and Vooch came down and hit the three. Um, Kemba comes back down and it's hurt his time to go. ISO. Kemba cannot get worse. to the rim no. at this point in his career, which is why. And look, I'm so, just going to jump on this bandwagon. Now Derek Rose should be closing games. I, like Derek Rose played 19 minutes tonight. Like, yes, Kemba only played 25, but the, the, this team's best lineup last year was Derrick Rose closing down the stretch. The double overtime game against the Celtics, the reason the Knicks were able to get that extra basket to put the game away was a Derrick Rose. Rose layup. Even the other night against the Sixers, when the Sixers were making that mini run that made all our PTSD flare up, who went to the basket to finally end the three-point barrage? Derrick Rose. I really do think the best-case scenario for this team is putting in Derrick Rose down the stretch. Um, That's going to be think, my immediate nitpick for this no, early I, part of the season. Look, I think Kemba... Look, he's five threes for the second game in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, he had one finish. I, did he have one finish in the first half? I think he had one nice finish in the first half. He did. Um, yeah. yeah. So, I mean... 18 for 31 from three so far this year. Shooting 58%. Yeah, and, and even more important than that, he is taking his three... Uh, three-point frequency in terms of how big a part of his shot diet uh, they make up is I checked earlier to, uh, on Thursday. It was number one in the entire league mm-hmm. um, for above the break threes. I, it's pretty close for, for all threes. Um, so, and that's, you know, at this point in his career, I think that's kind of what he's going to be more of. I think the Kemba that was always getting down into the paint when he was in Charlotte, like that's the guy I think that's, that may not be back. And that makes your point a very valid one. I guess I just like, I don't know. There's a part of me that, that likes the fact that Tibbs is trying to make this introduction to New York, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the come home story, the storybook thing, like really, like he's trying to give it a, a chance. He's, tra- he's, he's showing his faith in Kemba Walker because, Hey, guess what? If he, if Derek Rose was closing all these games, my God, that would be such a story. And maybe we wouldn't care that it would be a story. It would be Tibbs being Tibbs. You think it if would, he's playing Derrick Rose? People aren't going to be like, are yeah, of course he's it? playing Derrick Rose. Yeah, I, I get it. Like, it's but, Tibbs. but like, I kind of like the fact that he's giving Kemba a chance to, and look, we're talking about game five. Right, we're talking about game five. That's There's why I'm trying to just the, yeah. project now like, and be like, this is my this is my island. You know, I, I think I think a lot's going to happen over the course of the season. Um, and what happens in the regular season is not necessarily what's going to happen in the playoffs, as we saw last year with, with mm-hmm. Alfred, Alfred Payton finally getting benched. Um, but I, I'm not, I'm not as bent out of shape about it as you are. Um, uh, to be clear, this is a very minor nitpick because I'm tired. Nitpick, yeah. I do not want to be sweating out like 
games that really weren't that close. Cause I was ready for the Julius pushback because he was like two for nine at one point coming in like fin- midway through the three for 11. Right. So like I was ready for there to be like, well, Julius had an off night. This was really RJ's night. It was really Kemba, but the Knicks were up by double digits. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that Julius was finding ways to create shots for others, which is why the bigger picture here, the Knicks are four and one. They've done it largely with the three pointers and down the stretch, they go away from it. And I, yeah. I, it, it's something they need to work on. So these games I mean, are less heart attack look, are less filled with less heart attacks. The easiest way I think in the NBA nowadays to close games is to put the ball in the hands of a guard. Um, and well, let me rephrase that. Unless you have Kevin Durant on your team, the easiest way to close games is to put the ball in the hands of a guard who is a threat from deep and could also get to the paint. Right. That's yeah. what you do. And, and guess what? Derek Rose, by the way, is now a threat from deep. I don't know if I see him pulling up from three in the last three minutes of a game. I think maybe that's part of the reason is because even though he has been absolutely dynamite from three, um, he was one for three on, on the night tonight. It actually brought his percentage down significantly because <laughs> he's been so good. Um, when when he has the ball late in the game, like teams know he's going to the, he's going to the rip, and that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad play. You know, he could still make the pass, the whole thing, but. I think it's valid. I think it's valid. I'll be curious to see what happens moving forward. And like, I want to just make it clear. I, I do not want to echo how rancid the chat was tonight. Ah, listen, super, I mean, like, look, listen, it, I'm, this is the PTSD though. We talk about, yeah. and like you used to watch baseball tonight felt like you have your closer on the mound in yeah. a, a four run game. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he lets three runs in. He loads the bases. Tying runs on third. The yeah. last out is a fly ball to the warning track. Yeah. You got the win, but holy shit, did that feel like a loss. But big picture, we go, go forward with a game that you should win on Saturday. The Knicks have a chance to be five and one, six games into yes, this. They do. Yes, they do. I'll and, take uh, it. Yeah. And well, and look, I, I haven't, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves yet, but I do think it's, you know, Fair to point out, they have the the game in New Orleans, then they're home for Toronto, then they're in Indiana, then in, um, in Milwaukee, right? Then in then in Milwaukee, Cleveland at home, at Philly, then Milwaukee again. So that stretch, that stretch is going to be tough. Well, I think we will know, and then at Charlotte, who will you know is is also mm-hmm. four and one. That we're gonna know a lot more about this team. Um, I think after the 12 game mark, um, you know, and if they're, if they screw around and they're like eight and four after 12 games, then we could, we could have a fun conversation. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Knicks basketball is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet for Knicks tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NBA tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that all other sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all their NBA tickets. Don't believe it? If you could find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110 percent of the difference in the purchase price. When the Knicks schedule came out, there are definitely certain dates we all circled on the calendar. October 20th against the Celtics, Christmas Day against the Hawks, January 12th against the Mavericks, even April 6th against Brooklyn. Whether on the road or in the garden, TickPick has you covered. Visit TickPick.com slash film school today to save $10 on your first order of Knicks tickets. That's TickPick.com slash film school to save $10 on your first order of Knicks tickets today. Joining me now on the Knicks Film School podcast, he is a returning guest. Uh, some, some stuff has happened since we last had him on, which you're going to get into on this podcast. Um, he is, of course, uh, a member of the Blue Wire podcast family, uh, host of the In the Know pod. Uh, you could also read his stuff on Bourbon Street Shots. Very pleased to welcome back uh, Mr. New Orleans Pelican, Mason Ginsburg. Hello, Mason. Thanks for having me back. Um, just, you know, I feel like we had so much fun reminiscing about being blocked by Julius Randall on Twitter that I had to come back and chat more with y'all. So I'm still... Actually, no, I, I don't. How can I check? I'm, I'm bringing in Andrew for a producer's note here early. I don't have the ability to check if I'm still blocked or can I? I have to type yes. in his name. You can okay. go to his profile and just see if you have access to it. Oh, OK. I'll do that later. I'm not going to do, do that, that later. Much. OK, um, I've already made my piece with it and I, I hold absolutely no. Do you still hold a grudge against Julius? Because I don't hold any grudges. <laughs> too old to hold too old to hold grudges against NBA players at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good, good way to put it. Except Eric Gordon. Except Eric Gordon. The rest is fine. I mean, listen, we all have one. Ines Cantor is my one. And it's, <laughs> it's so funny because, like, Nick fans have come to, like, some Nick fans loved him when he was here. But, like, you know, it's a few years have passed. Like, nobody, I'm the only one. Just something about Cantor. I just, not, not my cup of tea. Um, <laughs> So uh, we're, we're continuing as we've been doing here on KFS already throughout the season. Um, uh, a little preview uh, of some some teams that are they're playing in upcoming games. And we are indeed playing the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, I believe the game is on Saturday. So we are recording this right now on Thursday, about uh, three and a half hours before tip off of the Bulls game. Um, from a Knicks perspective, I could just say for my two cents, and actually, I, I want to get your thoughts on this. So early in the season, it feels like like uh, the the tenor of the the game, the next game, can change so much depending on the result of the game that's oh, immediately yeah. coming up. Like I feel like, okay, if we beat the Bulls, 
you know, go into New Orleans. Eh, if we drop a game against the Pelicans, they're due. It's not a huge deal. If we lose to the Bulls and it's like, if we lose the the Pelicans, Pelicans aren't that good. Like, uh-oh, this is not. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know how to think about the Pelicans yet, but do you feel any of the same kind of, you know, stuff going into these games? Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. It's it's all ridiculous at this point. But um, I mean, especially with with New Orleans, it's the, at the start when you, when, I mean, obviously found out Zion's not going to be back for this for the start of the season. The first couple of games were just a total disaster. And then the third game was they had 30 turnovers against Timberwolves and it's like that, like the world is on fire. And then they came out and played a really nice game against Timberwolves uh, and got their first win. And the, and the most recent game against Atlanta last night was a great one. And it was, it was a lot. I of watched fun most of it. It great was, game. it was yeah. a really fun game. And yeah. I mean, they're you know, obviously gave up a, a ass load of offensive rebounds. It cost them the game, but then it's like, at least like, they're one and four, but they're, they're trending up as a team. And it is like, I mean, it's, it's all, what have you done for me lately? And um, I mean, you can, you can rationalize however you want, right? It's like uh, looking at the schedule. It's like, I'm sure both, I mean, you, know, you look at the bull schedule and say, yeah, they're four and no, but who have they beaten? Right. They, they beat yeah. the, uh, they beat us without Zion. They beat the Pistons twice and Pistons without K they beat the Raptors without Siak- Siakam. Yep. So it's, you know, how, they, they look good, but how good are they? And you don't know those things necessarily in the season. So, I mean, you know, I mean, I feel like a year or two ago, we were talking about, Oh, the magic going to make the playoffs. Now, now it's like the Timberwolves going to make the playoffs. It's all, it's all yeah. guesswork at this point. <laughs> I feel like every, maybe, I don't know, just because I've been paying more attention over the last few years, but like to, to the league at large, it feels like this year is even more batshit crazy. It, just in terms of like some of the results we're seeing early on, like how many teams we don't, we don't have to go off on too much of a tangent, but how many teams could really feel like great about themselves right now? Like, okay, Utah has like a, their usual crazy net rating, but like that was a close game against Denver. And then Jokic went out and then, you know, whatever it's like, yeah. other than I, the bulls, again, like you said, they've, they're four and but who have they beat? We'll, we'll see what happens against the Knicks. Um, everybody's had like, I feel like, well, except Detroit who's winless. Everybody's had a good win or a win that they could feel good about. And everybody's had like a bad loss. Um, and you guys have had all of your games, as you already mentioned, uh, without a guy who's pretty important. So let, yeah. let's start there. What do you, what's your expectation at this point with, with, uh, I'll refer to him as the big guy. What, what, what's the, what's the, what's the thinking here? Oh man. I, I really don't know where to start. I mean, it's, it's, that said it all that breath that you took. <laughs> That's, that's the oh, answer. Man. That's a good enough answer. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Um, it, it's at this point, the, the hope is soon. I mean, I don't know what soon means. And so at, at this point, you're thinking November is reasonable. And so mm-hmm. you hope you know, two or three weeks is kind of what I'm, what my, I'm, my fingers are, are crossed for, for that. Um, and, and really just want to see the team play the certain units play well together and show that they're a Zion away from being really dangerous. And I think you've seen, I think you've seen that over the last couple of games, they're starting to figure things out. Um, and, and you have obviously some, some issues with depth without Zion, especially in the, in the front court. Um, but I, like I said, the last couple of games against the Timberwolves and against the Hawks, you've seen them start to put things together and it doesn't make them a good basketball team without Zion. I think, I think they can be average without Zion. Um, right and be a playoff team with Zion. Um, but again, steps in the right direction, but that doesn't do you much good. <laughs> and, and if Zion's going to be out for a while, I mean, you've got to have a light at the end of the tunnel. And right now I think you see it, but it it's all just, you know, guesswork. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Cause like the other thing I think that maybe, I don't know, I would say like people don't realize, but I, I certainly didn't realize until I started like actually really looking at their roster, what it is. Like, I feel like you guys are a pretty young team. Like, I know 
Graham is, you know, he's yes, he's technically on his second contract, but this is only his his uh, fourth year in the league, if I if I'm correct. Um, and like, so who's your who's like your veterans? Like Valanciunas, obviously, yep. he's been around for Garrett a while. Temple. <laughs> right. Garrett no, Temple. I mean, so that's it. Yeah, yeah. And, and Brandon Ingram is this is his sixth year, seventh, sixth year, uh, I think, right? Sixth yeah. or seventh, one of those two. Yeah, sixth year, and so it's yeah. I mean, so the only player older than 30 on the roster because Jonas is 30 is Garrett Temple. And so that was a, I, I don't want to go off on role players at this point and, and you know, contracts we gave, but uh, this is I mean, a safe a, place. This is, is, a, is a safe place is mostly Nick fans going to be listening to this. So you can, if <laughs> no, you want to say just, something you don't feel comfortable saying on your own pod, you can feel free to say, no, it, I've, it's just waste. It's not worth the time for like the 11th, 12th man on the roster. I was a little frustrated. They gave him a second guaranteed year in that sign and trade. Okay. Um, but I mean, like he's, he's from Baton Rouge. He went to LSU. He's a, he's a guy, his family, and he's a guy that's known in the Louisiana area. And so like, and he's a, he is a good vet to have on your roster. And so it's, I, I, I mean, as far as veterans go, I mean, it's, you can certainly do worse. Um, and then, uh, and yeah, Valencia who they just gave a, a two-year extension to has been, been great for the Pelicans so far. It's really, I think they're overextending him on minutes and they've got to be careful. Um, so hope, but hopefully it's short-term play, uh, if Zion comes back soon, but, yeah. um, he's playing a lot. Um, but he's a great, uh, I, I think he's going to be someone who can really play a lot of minutes with the bench and kind of anchor that unit. Um, and they can slow things down while he's in and, and, and kind of oh. run through him and let's interesting and let Zion and BI play more together. And so that's, so that's like one stagger, thing. stagger Val and, and Zion once Zion comes back. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you could see like Valentinus play the first five minutes and then come out and then, and, and then bolster that bench okay. unit. That's the off offense, slow, slow shit down. And then, and you can maximize the amount of time you can play Zion and BI together and really um, written see, see really a progress from them. But yeah, I mean, I, it is, it is a young team. They're starting Herb Jones. who's a second round draft pick rookie out of Alabama. Um, who's been great defensively. He's, he's, I mean, beyond what anyone ever expected. Um, but yeah, I mean, that kind of goes to show they closed with two rookies last night. Trey Murphy also played in crunch time. And so obviously you're missing Josh Hart and Zion, but I mean, they're, it's a combination of you can trust those rookies early or Willie Green feels like he can, which is great, but also you have to trust those rookies early. And so yeah. it's, you know, it, it's kind of, um, you know, playing both sides there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a bit of a different situation here in New York where it's like you have, well, I, no, we have actually three rookies on the roster because Jericho Sims is a two way, but he's actually he's gotten some time because of the, the injuries to the centers. But like, you know, the youngest and not to say that New York is an old team. They're not an old team because like RJ quickly will be like all of these guys are playing significant roles, um, you know, but Tibbs is Tibbs is going to Tibbs and Tibbs is going to go with the guys that he he trusts. So this will be this will be an interesting matchup. Um I, I, again, I hadn't watched them before uh, last night or what, what is, as we're speaking now was last night. Um, I thought Ingram had moments. Um, I, I, I feel like we'll get back to Zion in a bit, but like, I, what, where, where are you, where are we at with Brandon Ingram? Is, is Brandon Ingram, is there still like a superstar upside there? Is there a world where he's like, he could like, Zion's going to come back and the team will be whatever the team is. But like, what is a team if Brandon Ingram is your best player? Like where are you at after why having now watched him for a couple of years? Yeah. I mean, he's early returns this season have been great. I'd say last night was probably his worst game. Uh, he's been throwing up 25, 30 points a night and, and hitting tough shots. And, um, you know, obviously you don't want him to be hitting tough shots, but right now he's defenses are keying in on him because he's, he's the guy, he's the scorer. And so, mm. um, I, I think, um, you know, and I've seen a much better defensive effort from him so far this year than anything before. Cause that was, that was a real barrier to success in this Pelicans team. If you think big picture was that yeah. can a team with Zion and BI as a two best players 
form a competent defense. The offense was never going to be the question. It was the defense. And so was uh, it effort though with, with Ingram or was it like, just he didn't get it or like, what do you think it was? Combo. I mean, I, I think okay. a, a effort and all, and, and also just not being, um, you know, not, you know, not being that smart of a defender, but he's, I, I think he's, he's starting to learn how to use his length to disrupt. Okay. Um, and he's, I, and again, the effort's been much improved so far this year, again, only five games, but, um, and then yeah, offensively, he, he, the teams are cleaning on, uh, keying in on him. I think, uh, you've already seen the benefit of Devonte Graham with him uh, as another guy who can hit tough shots. I mean, you saw a few of those <laughs> a couple of ridiculous shots he made last night against Atlanta, but um, that's, that's a guy who's going to, I think help take some pressure off of him in the meantime, before along with balance units before Zion gets back. I'm glad you brought up Graham. Um, he's a guy that like for, for a hot minute there, I was like, he should be our number one target. Like, back in time, like going before, uh, before this summer came around and then quickly started to emerge for us. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, how many small, not quite point guards are you going to have on your team who kind of have like a similar game? So then I kind of backed off that. Um, but I love, I really like Graham and that's not just because the, my first time ever covering a game in person was um, the game where he uh, beat the Knicks on a, a last second shot for Charlotte. That was fun. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, I, I was really impressed by, as, I mean, it's year two, obviously is when he blew up, but even last year, like the three point percentage was still, was still very high. I know he has had his struggles around the rim. And mm-hmm. um, do you, do you like the fact that you guys have Devonte Graham? I mean, we, I don't know if, if we're allowed to talk about Lonzo, like do you, every time you watch this team now, do you like think to yourself, like how would Lonzo look instead of him? Do you wish there was a world where they could have gotten like had both of those guys? Like where, where are you at there? Yeah. I mean, I, the, the first round pick, Price tag for Graham and the sign trade was tough to stomach at first. Then you learn about the details, which is it's lottery protected and it immediately converts to seconds if it, mm. if they're in the playoffs this year. Um, or sorry, if they're not in the playoffs this year. Yeah. So it's you know, if it doesn't pan out, then hey, okay, you give up a couple of seconds. But I think the the cost, his 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 contract's like 12 million, 12 and a half million a year. It's I think it's great value for him. I think it's good um, value. And so yeah. And, and so I'm I, you know very happy with what he is so far. I think um Early, very early returns are yet similar problem to Alonzo around. You're not going to not very efficient at the rim. The difference is he's getting there and he's not um, he's had a couple errant passes, but also he's looks like he's taking better care of the ball down there. And you also and I think a part of the calculus, too, has to be you have guys to clean up the mess and balance units as well as Zion. And so if if you're missing shots, if you can get there, even if you're missing shots, you've got guys who can put get a put back and 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 throw it, throw it down. So, um, you know, is it if was there a world if you kind of hindsight 2020, the off season, I think Griff may have had a couple of miscalculations around how likely is it we can go get Kyle Lowry and a couple other things. And if you kind of play everything back, um, can you, can you keep Lonzo and and still do all these things? Yes, they they could have, and still been a little bit under the tax. I think that said, it's a, you know, Lonzo means less minutes for guys like Nikhil Alexander Walker, who's already been uh, taking on a key role for the Pelicans this year. And they, and they want him to grow with this team. Well, he's starting and yeah, you know, is, is yeah. by the way, he, he is the starting point guard. Devonte Graham is technically the starting shooting guard or do you guys not even don't care? Okay. <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, I especially just, when yeah. you get, when you get like, you had the point point Zion revolution a couple months a lot for, yeah. for a period of time last year between him and the eyes uh, also creating. And so it's just, you know, get, get guys with skill sets that mesh and, and figure out the rest later. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I mean like with, with Lonzo, you, you could have, I mean, you know, playing all things back, you could have kept him. I don't think he, he, I don't think he really wanted to be in New Orleans that much at, at, at that point. And also 
if you're re-signing him just because you think you can flip him, if it doesn't work out, you can flip him. It's it's a risky yeah. play, especially so close to the tax. So, you know, I, I get the arguments. I'm totally fine letting him walk. Um, uh, and you know, I I think I think he fits very nicely on that Bulls team. So well. Um, I'm uh, count me as I'll say it right now before. I mean, who knows? Maybe he looks like crap uh, in this game, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm concerned because uh, I know he's been hitting threes. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it's, um, it's interesting because like we, t- we talked before the trade deadline last year and yep. there was clearly, I don't know exactly where it was coming from, but it was definitely coming from somewhere. The smoke about like Lonzo, the Knicks. I, I don't know who within this or in the Knicks organization liked them, but there were definitely a person or people within the Knicks organization who were at the very least intrigued by Lonzo. And then the trade deadline gets here. And then you're hearing like, okay, is it because uh, did, did they not want to take on Bledsoe's contract? Was it, they didn't want to give up a, fr- like whatever, whatever the situation was, there was no trade that happened. You guys kept Lonzo finished out the year, whatever. And then this summer came and like, again, I couldn't really figure it out because I mean, it was clear he was gone. I, I, I guess he always wanted maybe Chicago. I, I just that situation is still somewhat confusing to me. And uh, I guess it's water under the bridge at this point. But yeah, yeah I don't know. I don't, I don't really know what to make of it. Yeah. I mean, and, and I mean, you look, I think the trade line is a good kind of barometer for why the Pelicans did what they did is they didn't get any offers close to good enough to move them at the deadline, which, which could, could, you know, uh, be an indicator of why they had such trepidation around giving him a new contract, because that even if you had any sort of concerns and you're really doubling down on a team that just didn't make the playoffs and it wasn't very good. And then you have to pay to move him if something doesn't work out. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a risk. And so, um, you know, understand, start fresh, yeah, build, build a little bit differently to, to, to get a team that can really get to the playoffs. Yeah, no. I, and, um, and again, when, when Zion comes back, we'll, we'll see how, uh, you know, how, how that goes. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm curious who, who we put on Devontae Graham, but I'm assuming we'll start Kemba Walker guarding Devontae Graham. That would seem to make the most sense because Nikhil Alexander-Walker is kind of like bigger figure. We'll put Fournier on him. And then uh, that would mean RJ Barrett will be matched up with Brandon Ingram. So the two, the two Dukies, hopefully we'll get a chance to go, to go at it. Yeah. Um, are you, are you at all excited to see RJ Barrett? I'm always curious what other people's perception of RJ Barrett is. Where, where, yeah. where are you at on RJ? This is probably a good time to tell you. I'm, I'm uh high, high on the Knicks with my fantasy basketball team. I got three, three of your players on my team. I got, hey. Barrett, I got Barrett Fournier and Mitchell Robinson all. So uh, <laughs> I bet you, I bet you Mitch. Well, actually, no, he it's, it's been more, um, he has some blocks and steals obviously. And obviously he's cleaning up on rebounds, but like his impact, I think has been felt beyond, beyond the stats sheet. So I don't know how, yeah. how he's doing for you. Well, Fournier has gone the other way because he's been making a ton of threes. So that's been, yes. nice. uh, <laughs> yeah, he's been doing a lot of that. Um, no, I'm, I'm excited. Um, I think, um, so I, I haven't, I haven't watched much Knicks this year, but I mean, I was, I'm, I'm high on Barrett, RJ Barrett's growth second half of last year. Um, and mm. so I, um, I, I think the Knicks are, Knicks are a tough matchup all the way around. Um, for, I, I am 
I am curious how the Pelicans decide to match up because they've, like I said, they've been starting Herb Jones, um, who's like a, a name nobody's going to know. <laughs> He's a four. He was a four year. Yeah, you player. guys, you went and got him, and, and correct. It was not our pick because the Thunder got went and got our pick, and we we went down. But you guys took what did you take him at thirty three? Was that it? Yeah, early second round. I can't remember the exact pick, but yeah, I mean, went yeah. to, and, and we gave him a multi year deal in August. So okay, um, there you go. They, yeah, they, they saw something they liked, and 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 you know, the first time we heard he was starting, I was like, really? I mean, oh. knew knew he uh, he could he's a versatile defender, a defender, but um, he's been he's been really good, and I'm I and there's been Herb at the five lineups. And so oh. he's, that's how versatile he's been defensively. Interesting. And so I'm, uh, I'm curious who he'll be matched up on. I, I don't know if I, they're going to go BI on, on Julius Randall or BI on Barrett. And then uh, Herb Jones on, on Randall. I, I, I don't know. Um, if I were you, I, this, I mean, this is easy for me to say, I, I might think about going, I can't remember to say this. I would think about going Ingram because even though Ingram is, is slight, like Randall. So one thing Nick fans don't love is when Randall, you know, shocker goes into the ISOs and like, you know, backs guys down, backs guys down. Like, and, and that is, we saw it. Let we me just be very clear. <laughs> he has had success with that at, at times, but even during those times when he, do, when he is able to, to back guys down and like make those buckets, it's, you know, that's when the, the offense kind of, you know, halts to a, a standstill. Halts to a standstill, yeah. um, unless he's kicking it out, which is when which is when good things happen. But like, will you guys double? Will you challenge? You know, go one on one. I think it's it is interesting. Um, and then I'll be interested on the flip side. Mitchell Robinson did a nice job against Joel Embiid the other night. Did more than a respectable job. Um, Valanciunas is man. Is, is he still, is he beasting down, down oh, yeah. in New Orleans? Yeah. He's yeah. still doing his thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a little, that's a little scary, but I think Mitchell will be up for the, up for the challenge. Um, I want to just touch on a, a few other guys before yep. um, we finish up. So you mentioned Troy Murphy. There were two guys that the Knicks were rumored to be hot and heavy for before the draft. Uh, one was Chris Duarte, who I guess Indiana never had any inclination of, of giving up the pick that they were going to take him with. He's been good um, so far for them too. I, I mean, what is he averaging like twenty points a game? Um, yeah, no, he he uh, he does look good. And then the other guy is, is Murphy, who apparently really wowed them in a workout. Um, they they tried. My understanding is they attempted to maybe move up to because you guys you guys got him at what was it sixteen or fifteen somewhere in there 17. seventeen. Okay, yeah. so I think maybe it was that the Knicks tried to move up to fifteen. Uh, with Washington to get him and like, they couldn't make it, whatever it was, they didn't get him. You guys have him. How, how has he looked so far? Um, he was, I mean, he was kind of the star of summer league and preseason for this Pelican team or one of them um, basically showing that he can do stuff besides make threes and that he's, he's got a quick trigger and he's going to shoot it and make it. Um, and he's been doing that to a lesser degree, just lower volume uh, in the regular season so far. Um, but I think still jury still out on other things he can contribute with right away. Um, but showed rebounding chops, showed defensive chops, and again in preseason and and summer league beyond kind of what I was expecting for a rookie. Um, but I mean, he's, he hasn't gotten a ton of minutes um, out of the gate for for New Orleans. Um, but I mean, like I said, he, he closed against the Hawks, um, okay. so it's, it's a guy they want to put trust in early um, and know they know he can shoot. And I think as you get back, as you get Zion back, it's probably going to be an even heavier consideration towards maybe even thinking about starting him just because of what he, he's, he's a guy who can really, um, you know, space the floor. Uh, okay. and, and so, and the Pelicans have guys who can shoot, but 
they don't have a ton of oh shit shooters, you know, like that are you have to run out and and like <laughs> yeah, I think Devontae yeah. Graham is, is starting to get that reputation just because he can create his own shot and 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 make threes at a high rate. He also has the range, a, like his yeah, range is right. deep. Yeah. Yeah. So um I think if Murphy can prove he's he's that kind of shooter, um, yeah. he'll he'll have more of a chance to to get some some heavy minutes. And I think, like I said, before the before the games counted, he was he was showing some some good promise. Um, one other name I just have to ask about is Kyrie Lewis Jr. because like uh a lot of Nick fans fell in love with him before the draft last yep. year and we didn't end up getting him. And um, you know, good things are happening with Obi Toppin right now for sure. I f- I feel like I just haven't heard much about Kyra, other than like little drips and drabs, like he has a moment here, a moment there. Where, where is, where is the fan base on him? Where do you think the is the organization still high on him? Like, do you have any inkling of, of that? I think that your assessment's about right. I mean, he had a good stretch fire part of the season last year. He's fast. I mean, that's one thing. Like he can, he can, he can get to the rim, and so you know, being able to, uh, to to drive is something that. Um, is obviously valuable. And like you said, like you were, you're wondering who's the point guard for the Pelicans. I mean, like that's kind of, uh, that's, a, that's a big skill set that they value. Um, and so not, you know, hasn't started out great this year. Um, he's always the three point shooting has always been a suspect since the end of the yeah. league. Um, uh, but he, they're, they're giving him, he was the second sub, I think to check in for the Pelicans, uh, okay. last night. And so like they're, they're, they're putting their trust in, they're letting him play. Maybe a little bit because Sadoransky was so bad to start the year. Um, I was about to say he's he's getting like DMPs now, right? I, I mean, I, I've I've been told I did not go back and watch the games when I was on my uh, on the end of my honeymoon in Europe. Uh, but I was told he was terrible in the first two games he played, okay. and he's gotten benched since then. I was like, well, I mean, he's he's not forty; he's thirty years old. Like, is like, that that's a small sample size? I, I, I feel like he got he got good minutes of the Bulls last year. I always kind of like he's one of those guys. Like whenever you watch play, you're like, oh, he's a good little player. Like not. Yeah a guy you probably want starting for you, but he feels it's like, like a minor stat sheet pattern, you know, like uh three pointers, assists, rebounds. He can kind of do all those things to a lesser yeah. degree. So that's, yeah. um, yeah, that's, that's definitely interesting. Um, all right. Uh, so you, you, you referenced the, the Lowry thing earlier. Um, it, it obviously did not go well. Um, I have, I have good memories of, of that. Um, when, uh, you know, a, a GM or a president kind of, um, clearing, clearing cap or like making moves before, you know, that you're going to get the guy. Uh, we don't have to talk about that, I guess. So to me, I, I guess we don't have to go like have big picture conversations about Zion. I mean, let's see what it looks like when he comes back and like, maybe if they start rolling and the team's winning, it's like, whatever was discussed, you know, um, before the season, like kind of goes away, but like, are you, how much of the, of the Zion, well, let me, I should ask you this. It, how, where is your Zion level of concern? And like, how much do you think it has to do with the fact that like, again, this Lowry thing, like did not go well, like something, something went awry there. Right. And like, it, do you think that, or have you heard anything or like, have you read anything where it's like, he's, he is, is there like still trust in the organization? Like that they know what they're doing or, or are you starting to get concerned? I don't think the off season has much to do with the big picture Zion um, topic. Uh, I, I think that there's um, some, there's some concerns about Zion's family, I think. And, and basically okay. that, that, that they don't want him in new Orleans and, and, and all that. I think that is certainly concerning. I think that there's a level of, the, the, I think the, the my, my biggest issue is that I don't, it seems like some of the, 
mis, the mistrust that or distrust that exists with the Williamson family and the Pelicans that, it, and some of it does exist, is a little misplaced. I, I think there's some reasonable, um, you know, distrust in Griff because some things maybe haven't gone eye to eye from the start. I think there's also some. Uh, I mean, the, the way that they're that both sides are trying to handle his his medical uh, any medical concerns is that's where I'm kind of I'm very confused because the Pelicans, by all accounts, it's confusing. Look, it's very confusing. <laughs> they, they've done everything right. The Pelicans med, med staff. I mean, they were they've been very careful with him and they've they've tried to, you know, kind of put him on the right path. And but I mean, <laughs> bluntly put, I mean, they can't how much can they do to force him to eat right and to take care of his body over the offseason? And so that's that's kind of what the issue is right now. And, and the Pelicans are doing their best to be diplomatic and, and not they're never going to throw their star franchise player under the bus or anything. And they shouldn't, but at the same time, it's a question of, you know, what, you know, what, what are the, what does Zion's family not really see eye to eye on with the Pelicans as far as this, because they're trying to, they're trying to set them on the right path and yeah. you know, they can all do so much. I, is, I, I, I'm, I don't want to get in trouble here. And from, from the tenor of your responses now, I feel like asking like, is there a part of the, not a part of the fan base, but is there a, a sentiment amongst the fan base of like Zion needs to be better in terms of not on the court, on the court, he's fucking amazing. But in terms of like whatever he's doing and or not doing off the court, or, or is it, you know, is there like a fear of like, that is, that is not something we want to put out into the universe. Like where, where are you guys at with him? Fan base is probably over torque towards Zion's got to be better. I mean, I, I think, I think that New Orleans fan base is so jaded with the Anthony Davis situation um, that they're probably less, um, they're, they're, they're shooting from the hip a little bit with, uh, as it relates to Zion. And I, I think, I think certainly he, he should be held accountable just like any player should. And so yeah. I think that's very, uh, I think that's very, uh, fair, but at the same time, let's pump the brakes a little bit. We are, and, and this goes for everyone. Like the, Zion's played about one full season of basketball games. And the yeah. fact that we're already having these conversations feels a little premature. Um, but everyone, everyone's on edge uh, uh, on uh, about this. And uh, it's understandable given the level of talent that Zion is and can be. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm not even gonna lie. He's, he's the name. He, he is, he is a name I have, I have circled. <laughs> I'm going to continue to keep an eye on what goes on because he's a transcendent talent. And, yeah. and yet I could tell you, Without question, there are a lot of Knicks fans who, should things transpire over the next however many years, and like, you know, his name really does get get like linked to to you know the Knicks. Not that not that that's out there at all. I just want to be very clear. Um, like, I think there's there's a lot of Knicks fans who like would want maybe not nothing to do with him, but like have this similar fears to what perhaps people in New Orleans have. And I, I, you know, I get it. Um, especially like the tight ship that, that Tibbs runs here and like needing to be, you know, a supremely conditioned and the whole thing. Like, I, I don't like, how would that even go? I don't know. That's not something we have to think about right now, but um, I just want to see the guy back because yep. um, I'm a basketball fan and he's a really good basketball player. And yeah. Uh, yeah so you, you still think playoffs are, are a solid goal for the season. Yeah, I mean, I mean the, the Zion X factor. I mean, if he's not going to come back till that come back till next season, or sorry, till next year, then you know that 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 starts to go go out the door. But um, I think as long as he can come back in the next few weeks, I mean, I, I think this team is and and the Pelicans can kind of tread water. They've got they've got some winnable games coming up, um, and it's uh, which is kind of a 
double-edged sword, right? I mean, it, you almost you almost want to play the good, the really good teams without Zion because ah, we would lose to them anyway. I was about to and say, so, like, <laughs> did you want you want the like quote unquote bad teams now? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's good, but also like you see, like weird shit happens early in the season, and so like you see the Knicks or the, the uh, Lakers losing the Thunder last night. We, we um, lost to the Magic. I mean, yeah. it's, we're, we're not above anything. You know? Yeah, I mean, but yeah, I mean the Thunder though. They're like, I mean, are they going to win ten games this year? Um, and I, I, I don't saw, care. I saw that game know. going on. They were up at twenty-two. <laughs> I mean, yeah, LeBron yeah. or no LeBron, like Russ, Russ and AD should be able to beat that Thunder team by themselves. But yeah. anyway, um, yeah. So I mean, it's it's so hard to predict anything, and, and because we don't know when Zion's coming back, so um, so we'll see. Well, um, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm happy he's. It doesn't sound like he's going to be back for this game because uh, as a Knicks, Knicks supporter, I'll take every win I can get. Um, but uh, yeah, it will. Uh, we'll have to do this again uh, sometime further down. I have a feeling like there's always, I don't know. I feel like there's always going to be like noise between these two teams connecting somehow. Like, uh, I don't know, Um, but we'll see what happens Um, before I let you go. Could you tell, tell folks at home where they could find you? Yeah, sure. So um, not, not doing too much writing anymore, but uh, like, uh, like you said, I, I, I've, uh, I'm, I'm doing the in the know podcast with the blue wire network. Me and uh, Schmidt do as our, our co-host um, carries my ass pretty much. And um, <laughs> we're, uh, you know, uh, all, all Pelican stuff and, um, you know, following the Zion saga, following the, the Pelican season. And uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty more to talk about in the coming weeks, but um, you know, any, uh, any Pelicans fans uh, definitely, uh, definitely check us out. Good stuff, man. Uh, if you uh, want to know a little bit more about Zion, Brandon Ingram, Devontae Graham, any of the Pelicans, um, tune in. These guys are running a great show. And uh, Mason, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. All right. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Mason Ginsburg. Um, again, go make sure you follow him on Twitter. Check out the podcast, uh, In the Know, all about the Pelicans. If you want to um, get some more more stuff about uh, the wonderful world of Pelicans basketball. Um, how wonderful will it be this season? I guess we'll, we'll find out soon enough. Can I ask you a post-interview question, John? Sure. What's up? How do you think they're feeling down in New Orleans about this whole Zion thing? Because the way we perceive it, like we see it as it's all on New Orleans. And of course, Zion thinks it's a mess. And the way Mason made it seem, it's like, Actually, Zion's causing this mess. This mess. When he said Griff has done like a good job with certain things, I was like, "Whoa, that is not I mean, a take I have heard." You know, look, um, I, I said it to him obviously on the pod. Like, I, you know, the Lowry thing was a miscalculation, and I think everybody realizes that. Um, the ball stuff. He well, he mentioned that ball didn't want to be there, which again. Like that was the that was the talking point around here with Porzingis for the early part of that the the post trade you know conversation, um, you know, but it's like if someone doesn't want to be in your organization, well, is that is that a reflection on on the organization? I you know I I don't know. Um, look, as far as Ion, I I've I've said it and I say again I said it to Mason it's like I am I am watching this I am circling this this situation as a thing that I am going to watch moving forward because how can you not um I think everybody around the NBA is watching the situation more closely than than any any situation because um Zion's going to be eligible for a max deal after the season and if he doesn't sign that it doesn't matter why he doesn't sign it if he doesn't sign it on day 1 then it's like alarm bells everywhere go off. So, um, 
you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not down there. I don't, I, 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 I don't know what they're like. I get not catering 110% to like a guy who seems like he may not be all in <laughs> on things there, but mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, like I didn't want to say I, this, I didn't want to say on the pod because I felt bad. But like, if you lose Zion, if Zion, and I'm not even, I'm, I'm not even like necessarily a Zion guy. I think he's a special player, but I also like the fucking weight is really concerning to me, and it's just generally the conditioning. But like, even so, if you lose the face of the league, and he is kind of the young face of the league, that the league wants him to be the young face. Mm-hmm. Like, if you lose that guy after. You lost AD and you lost Chris Paul all within the span of whatever it's been, 10 years, um, 11 years, 12 years. I, I forget when exactly the Chris Paul trade was like the people like the, the buzzards, the, the vultures are going to be circling mm-hmm. as far as like, why, why is this franchise here? Like why, what, what, what evidence do we have to believe that this franchise will ever succeed in New Orleans? That's the thing that I'm thinking of. But, yeah. yeah. And I mean, like, obviously I'm not going to, like tell Mason, are you going? Are you worried you're going to lose your team? You know, but that's, that's I think from afar, these smaller market teams do have that concern, and it's you know, I I from afar am able to empathize while understanding the actual business side of this sport. There is a a city dying to get their basketball team back on the West Coast, and I think they would take New Orleans team if if they lose Zion and this goes completely down the toilet. Now, what's going to be funny is when we have him back on later in the season and the Pelicans are like the seven seed, you know, and Zion's averaging like no, but that, 30 and 11. <laughs> but that's, but you know what? Here's the thing. In a league where there's this much parity, that's why like when he was like saying that he thinks the Pelicans like absolutely can and should be a playoff team this year. Like, I don't think that's crazy. Um, why, why can't they be a playoff team? Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's a lot of parity in the league right now and just look no further than the top of the East. The teams tied at the top of the East are the Knicks, the Hornets, the Bulls, and the Wizards. Um, you know, the West is going a little bit more according to form, but like, I don't know, other than Utah and maybe Golden State, like who's really blowing you away at West? Um, no, I'm, ex- I'm excited for that Knicks-Hornets conference finals, though. I don't know about you. Lamelo in Madison Square Garden, that's going to be a blast. Can you imagine if this really was just the batshit crazy year of all years? I mean, who was thinking Utah Phoenix was going to finish one, two last year? We're in the upside down right now. I know, but like, you you know, like the Bucks and the, and the, the Bucks, the Sixers and the, um, my God, the Bucks, the Sixers and the Nets. Mm-hmm. Like everybody figured those would be the top three teams in some order in the East. And they were the top three teams in some order in the East and at West people like the, the Suns were a surprise and the Lakers were a disappointment, but the Lakers also dealt with injuries. So it was like, yes, there was some surprising stuff, but it wasn't like that shocking. Like if this year's Lakers and like, like this year's nets, like if both of those teams really struggle are in the plan. Like, yeah. <laughs> like Jesus Christ. What a wild world. This is going to um, point out as of right now, the one seed is the New York Knicks and the eight seed is the Atlanta Hawks. That would be fun. Uh, Obviously there's a plan that has to happen. So the, yeah. the Hawks would play the bucks, a rematch 
of the conference finals. Right. They play the Bucks for the the right to be the seven seed right now. Right now, both the I, I believe the Nets and the and the Celtics would be out of the play and looking mm-hmm. in. It's a tough. Don't, don't worry. Just tough NBA break. needs to need, needs to change one rule and then well two rules and then both Kyrie and James Harden will be back. How about that? How about that Cavs Bulls uh, first round series three six matchup? That oh, we, that first to right seventy five. That's awesome. Go get it. <laughs> That's great. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure these standings will be exactly this way um, in five months. Okay. Uh, this was fun. Thanks for, for uh, checking in again on the, uh, on the outro, everybody out there. Don't forget. Um, if you like this podcast, feel free to leave us a review, a rating, uh, subscribe. If you're not already subscribed. And uh, we put out another banger uh, of a Patreon episode this week. So for anybody who is not a uh, KFS uh, patron, uh, you can get access. I don't know why I get Hold on. Word. Hold on. I just but saw your tweet, patron. Steven. I just saw your tweet at Stephen A. <laughs> oh, I'm just expressing my feelings. Um, if you're not a KFS patron, um, for the low, low price of $7 a month, you get a bonus episode of the um, KFS podcast every week with the occasional um like double bonus week. I'm sure we'll have another one of those pretty soon. I'm going to be getting the, the Macri minis back out. Don't, 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 don't get it twisted. Um, I've just, things have been a little nuts, but uh, anyway, you'll get all that stuff um, as a member of our uh, mellow tier uh, released a really good episode at, uh, yesterday, right. Um, in which we talked about our reactions to the top 75, the NBA's top 75 list. We actually had some really thorough discussion. There were some takes. There were some takes, indeed. Yes. Um, Some some fired up folks. Um, But yeah, that's really it. I hope you enjoyed this episode and uh, we will see you uh, for another one very soon.